Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, for your word is true. And um, Lord, you know that I have prepared a, a word this morning and from, from your scriptures, and, and yet there's a, a, just another scripture that seems right and appropriate to, to speak of. And, um, and, and Lord, I pray that you would give me the, the words to speak uh, that each one of us needs to, to hear. And um, it's not um, it's not words that like I, that I've prepared, Father, but words that maybe you just want to speak through me, because you you know the hearts and the, and the minds of of folks here, and what they need to hear this morning. So I pray that you would take uh, my lips and my mind and fill them with your yeah your wisdom. And we ask this in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, I've also forgot my glasses, so which is, means that I'm going to have to stand quite a way back to see the small words here. Um, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to John 1. Um, when we were singing together and just uh, singing together, you know, how you know, worthy is the lamb that was slain? Uh, my mind went, of course, to when John says, um, not the same words, but identifies Jesus as the Lamb of God. And that is uh, John 1, 29. Confirm to me if I've got it right, 29. I can't see the, it's so tiny, I can't see the, the numbering. Um, and, and the reason why I um, feel maybe it's right for us to focus on, on, on this. One is because some of us here already know that Jesus is this Lamb of God who t- is, takes away the sins of the world and he is worthy to be praised. So some of my words, as they come out, they're going to be words that hopefully are stirring us up, you know, saying, yes, Jesus is the Lamb of God, and he is the only one who takes away the sins of the world. He took my sins away. And now I'm free. And now I'm, now I'm with, in God's family, because Jesus is the one who takes away the sins of the world. But there'll be others of us here this morning who maybe don't yet know and have not yet experienced Jesus being the Lamb of God who, can take away, who takes away the sins of the world, but takes away our sins as we come in faith and belief in his name. So I'm just going to read this, and then I'll be led by the Spirit and truth. The next day, it says, he... Um, next day, he saw Jesus, his John, John, John uh, the Baptist, who was the kind of last prophet in the Old Testament. And then Jesus becomes the final prophet and king uh, and savior. He says, the next day, he, John, saw Jesus coming towards him. And he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, 
He's sort of speaking to his disciples. So he's obviously spoken about this already to his disciples. So he's not making it up on the spot. He's already told his followers, there's somebody coming after me. And this is what he says. He says, after me, a man who ranks before me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose, I, kept, I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, on, he, on, on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and I have bore witness that this is the Son of God. I'm just going to take that first saying of, of John. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Behold, this is a call to every, every person in, uh, in, this, in this world to come and look upon Jesus. To, to see that there is something uniquely different and special about Jesus. John reveals that uh, he was told by God, uh, it was revealed to him, that there was one who was coming who was greater, and the one who was coming was going to be the Son of God. The one who was coming was God the Son. And he said the re the, there was a way in which he was going to notice that he could see or behold who it was. The Spirit of God would come and rest on them when they got baptized. And this would be the one who would take away the sin of the world. And so there's a call for all of us, whether we know Jesus or don't know Jesus, how are we beholding him? What are we doing to look upon him? Is he the one that we look to in every and all situations to make sense of our lives? Is he the one in which you know, our hearts treasure, uh, you know, the affections of our eyes are upon him? When we get up in the morning to start the day, do we, do we look upon Jesus and say, my hope and my faith, my confidence and my trust is in Jesus alone. I think God would call us this morning just to say, hey, the same God that saved you is the same God who rules and reigns. Behold, Jesus, look upon Jesus. And then some of us here also would be those who have not yet Come to know Jesus. And there's a call to each one of us. And there's a call to every person in this world to look upon Jesus and decide for themselves, is this the Son of God who takes away the sins of the world, takes away my sin? Is, is that possible? Is Jesus the one who really can do these things? Or is he just another great teacher or a, a prophet of, a, a, of a, a prophet who was around 2,000 years ago? Um, is he a sage or is he a saviour? Is what he says true? When he says, I am the way, the truth, and life, no one comes to the Father, no one receives 
salvation. No one comes to know God except through me. Do we believe that? Do we know that? Are we, are we looking into that? Are we beholding that? So there's a call here for every one of us. Behold, look. Intently look. Intently investigate. Who is this man, Jesus? Is he truly the Son of God? Or is he just a prophet? A prophet? John refers to him as the Lamb of God. In the Old Testament, they would take a lamb and they would sacrifice it. It was a kind of symbolic act where, that God gave them to act out their faith, a little bit like, in one sense, a bit like baptism. Uh, it wasn't actually doing something. God was doing it. But the, the act was that they would take that lamb and they would place the sin upon that, that lamb as a, an offering and as that lamb died, the, that lamb would be dying for the sins of the whole people. So the priests would do this, and they would do this over and over and over again. There would be like a river of, of blood just pouring out, kind of showing how deep the crimson stain that sin had over humanity and how fast um, you know, um, ingrained it was in, hum- in, in humanity that, that no amount of, of sacrifice could ever take away the sins of the world. So they kept on doing it perpetually over and over and over again as this symbolic reminder that God is the God who grace. God is the God who looks over our, our sin. And then particularly in the Passover, we have a kind of another picture of the, that same sort of thing with the, with the people of Israel, where they're, they're told that the angel of death is going to come um, across, across the land of Egypt. And they were told if they were to sacrifice a lamb and paint it on the doorposts, that the, when the angel of death would come over, he would, he would go over them and their firstborn uh, wouldn't die. Uh, a reminder, again, that, that there was this lamb who symbolically took away the sins uh, of that household and in the sacrificial system, the whole of Israel. But in Jesus, Jesus is a different type of lamb because he's not actually a lamb, is he? I mean, he is a lamb. He's described as a lamb, but it's just a a kind of a a picture of, of who he is to help us understand him. No, this is the lamb of God. This is God's lamb. This is God's one and only lamb who's going to come and take away the sins of the world. In Jesus, we have someone who comes and he actually takes care of our problems. He actually takes care of the biggest issue that every single one of us have, and that is the sin that's within. All of us, I think, resonate with the sin that we have in our lives. We, We don't like it. You know, we don't like the effects of it. We like some parts of sin, of course we do. But the aftertaste we don't like, do we? The consequence we don't like. We, we kind of know that this isn't good. We want to be the people that, you know, we'd like to be better people. We'd like other people to think about us as better people. Um, we recognize, even if we're not quite sure what the consequence of our sin is, that there is 
that we want the, the sin to be taken away from us, that we would like to be different people. And so we come, and in Jesus, here is an actual solution to the problem. You know, there's no mindfulness course that you can take to bring real and lasting peace in your life. There's, 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 there's no self-help book or do-it-yourself book to make you become a better person. There's, there's no um, other uh, um, religious or philosophy in the world that actually gets to the nub of the problem, which is this, that we need a saviour. Every single one of us, we need a saviour. We need to be cleansed. We need to be cleaned. We need God to do that. We can't do that ourselves. Every other uh, philosophy tells you what you need to do. Christianity isn't, isn't primarily about what you need to do. It's about what God has done, is doing, and will do for you. And what he asks us to believe is that, to, to, to have faith that that is true, that God has done those things. And when, this, 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 the, 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 when the, the power of God in the act of Christ dying on the cross meets our faith, God's power is released to, to forgive us of our sins. It's an amazing thing, really. It doesn't make any sense. Like, what, what happens with it? What, what happens to the sin? Well, that's what the next thing tells us. He takes away the sin of the world. He takes it away. In our baptism, there's a couple of questions that were asked. You know, do you believe that your sin was put on Christ and his righteousness put on you? This is called the, the great transaction. And it is a great transaction, I can tell you about it. You know, you take all your filthy rags, all your dirtiness, everything you've ever done, ever thought, everything that you're ashamed of, that you wish would never be revealed to anybody else. And Jesus says, load it up. Load it up. I'm here. I can take it. I'm God. There's not one sin that you have done that God cannot pay for. He says, come, load it up. Put it on me, and I am going to die a death so that you don't have to die a death for your sin. So the sins of the world were taken upon Jesus. When he goes on that cross and he's hanging there, he is hanging there for the sins of the world, for your sins, for my sins, to set us free. This is why the gospel is so amazing. This is why the good news of Jesus Christ is so wonderful. This is why we're celebrating what God is doing. God is moving and has moved throughout time and history to reveal himself, to set people free, to give them liberty. What from? Not just liberty from religious oppression or even a country oppression, though that is, is wonderful. And that is, we, we pray for, for, for that to be the reality for, for people. But he, he sets us free from spiritual oppression to liberate us, to know him, to live for him, to enjoy him, to follow him. How does he do that? He takes your sin. He takes your sin. But you know what? You, you've got to put it on Jesus. It's like he's, he's there on the, on the cross waiting for you to say, put it on me. Come on. Lay another one on me. Give it all to me. You know? 
you've got to put your sin on him. He has died for your sins, but you've got to put it on. You've got to like say, no, you have taken my sin. I believe you. I trust in you. Otherwise, it's not effective for us. We've got to confess that we are sinners, that we have fallen short of God's perfect standard, and that Christ is the only one who can take it away from us. You've got to give it. You can't hold on to it and try and give it at the same time. You've got to let it go. It sounds funny, isn't it? You think, sure. What's the problem? Yeah, of course I want to get rid of all that bad stuff. You know what? Satan somehow tells you that the bad stuff's the good stuff. And sometimes Satan tells you, if you give the bad stuff away, you really won't be you and you'll become somebody else. And that's a bad thing. Sometimes Satan says to us, no, 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 no. Look at, look at, look at God. Look, at, look how he wants you just to be humiliated to come to him. Don't do that. You're good enough. You know, why doesn't he just love you as you are? All these are twists of the truth and lies and distortions of reality. God does say, come as you are. But he says, don't leave as you are. Come as you are, but you won't leave as you are. I'm going to take all that stuff away. I'm going to release you from that burden but you've got to give me it. Come to me, all who are thirsty. What would it be like to go to Jesus because we're thirsty and get there and he offers us a drink and we go, no. Go take the drink. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. What as if we went to Jesus and he said, like, this is the bread of life. Eat this and you will get life. And we get there and we go, yeah, thank you, I don't want it. Or, I don't want to eat it. If it was wrong to eat it. And Jesus is like, eat it. Come on, eat it. <laughs> you know, drink it. And then we're going, no. There is something that we need to do. And some of us here this morning know that we need to do it. Yeah? Know that we need to do it. Maybe you're scared. Maybe you're fearful. Maybe... You're worried what other people will say. Maybe you're worried of what it will cost. But the offer is your sin for his righteousness. Your your condemnation in death for everlasting life. The transaction is so unfair. <laughs> that's why we sometimes struggle with it. But that's grace. It's the goodness of God. That's what we're celebrating. You're worthy to be praised. You're worthy. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is a lamb who has conquered the grave. Worthy, worthy, worthy is he. I love that song when it's like, and the elders cast their crowns down. When we think about the elders, we think about all the saints in history that we might look towards and say they're fantastic. And what they do, the crowns that God, that Jesus has given them for their, for their own um, faithfulness, they like throw it down as if like, 
It's nothing in comparison to what you've done, Jesus. Every work I ever did that was good is nothing in comparison to the good work that you did for me. I can't even stand. How can I stand in the presence of one such as this? I can't stand in the presence of, of God and put my crown on as if it's something, this, this, it, you know, and when we put it on, maybe when we look at it on, it's like, it's shiny and it is, it's beautiful. And then we see Jesus and we're like, this is dull. I just want to, he's the one who's worthy of praise. He's the one who deserves the glory. He's the one who deserves our hearts, our minds, and our lives. God is doing some amazing stuff, isn't he? Amen? I've got American then. Amen? Amen. 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 Preacher brother. Preacher sister. I'm going all southern. That's a bit Texan, that was, was it? Southern Texan. Mm -hmm. Can you get my cowboy hat on? I really feel like I need to do some. But he's doing some amazing things right across this, this world. He's doing some amazing things right here. He, he's doing some uh, unbelievable things amongst us. You know, who would have thought that we would be here for the third time in about, I don't know, four months, five months, I don't know. Well, let's hope we're back again. I think we need to get a book of book permanent slot, don't we? Because God is changing lives. He wants to change your lives. The testimony that's being given this morning could be your testimony, as in, obviously, it's not the same one, but the same testimony. Jesus worked in my life. Jesus saved me. Jesus made me a new person. Jesus took away all my sin. Jesus cleansed me. Now I've got new life in Jesus. Now I've got a new family in Jesus. Now I've got a new hope in Jesus. Now I've got a new confidence in life. He set me free. This is the message of the gospel. Jesus came to proclaim liberty to the captives, the spiritual captives, those who could not set themselves free, those who were not able to, to, to enjoy life, who had a condemnation upon them, that they would forever be separated from the one who made them and loved them. And he's calling you, behold, behold me. I am the Lamb of God, the only Lamb of God. There is no other who can take away your sin. Because I died on the cross. I took your place. I'm offering you your, uh, new righteousness, a new goodness, a new wholeness, a new relationship with God in offer for your filthy rags. Give me today your filthy rags. And I will give you everlasting life and righteousness. This is the hope that many of us have. This is the hope that we live in every day. We think about Acts and how, how do these guys live in this sort of way? It's because the Holy Spirit was at working them to continue to confirm every single day that what they believed in was true and real and powerful. They lived in the light of this truth and this reality. I have been set free. We should never move away from that, guys. That the day when we wake up in the morning, I have been set free. Amen. I, knew, I, I live a new day today because Christ has set me free. It may have been a year ago. It may have been 10 years ago. It may have been 20 years ago. It may have been 40 years ago. It could have been 60 years ago, Terry. You know, I don't know when it took place. <laughs> but it should be as fresh today. <laughs> I was a bit off, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
But the reality and the truth of it should be as fresh today, if not even more polished today, than the first day that we came to know Christ. Why? Because we have got the history of God working in our lives to look back on. You know, when we come first, we're taking that kind of step of faith to believe in something that we think is true. We kind of know in our spirit is true because the spirit is convicting us and stirring us. And we kind of like, we don't know what it is, but we know we need to do something. Uh, sometimes it creeps up on us. Sometimes it stares us in the face. I've got to make that decision that, to follow Jesus because I know that he's Lord. But as we've been following him, for however many years, we can look back and say, he's faithful, he's faithful, he's faithful, he's faithful, he's faithful. He's powerful, he's powerful, he's powerful. He's able. His words are true. He is the one and only God. 